Have pity on me, O Lord, for to you I call all day. For you, O Lord, are good and preserving, abounding in kindness to all who call upon you. And this comes from the introit of today's Holy Mass. In speaking about certain things, we were, uh, myself and another priest, were talking about some things that happened with, uh, during the, uh, the giving out of the sacraments. And uh, the priest said one of the most interesting things that happened to him was uh, when he received a phone call from a funeral home and they asked him to come and give last rites. Of course, the priest told the funeral home, well, the person has to be living. And they said, well, it's not exactly what you think. There is a family here who have signed all the papers and they have agreed to release the body, but, uh, and there's, the person's still alive, but they won't allow the paperwork to go forward until they have a priest come and give the person the anointing. And so the priest, who was not the priest at that time of that parish, but he happened to be uh, called in the last-minute emergency, came in and he anointed the person, and then he left because he had something else to do. Well, a few days later, his secretary receives a phone call, and it's one of the people from the funeral home. And he said, what do I need to do to become Catholic? And the secretary asked what was going on. And the person said, well, after that priest had left, all of a sudden all the signs started coming back. The doctors were all in a panic and a tizzy, wondering what's going on here. And the person regained everything, vigor, and they were released in a matter of a few days. And uh, he said, I was sitting around and I was talking to the other workers there of that funeral home and we said, and I said to them, I don't know what those Catholics have, but I want some of that. And so he began taking classes. Well, how come it is that it takes oftentimes someone who is not Catholic to recognize the great power of this? Granted, it was a special grace that was given. But the great power that comes through this great sacrament of extreme unction is often forgotten by many of us when we think of all the graces that God has given to us, mainly because it is only received near the end of life, oftentimes. Do we realize what it is that God has given to us? In the Council of Trent, we hear these words, Our most clement Redeemer, who wished that a provision be made for salutary remedies at all times for his servants against all the weapons of all enemies, just as he made provision for the greatest aids in other sacraments by which Christians, as long as they can preserve themselves free from every engraved spiritual injury, so he fortified the end of life with, as it were, a most powerful defense by the sacrament of extreme unction, the Holy Council of Trent. So why is it that we have so much disregard? Well, this disregard comes about by forgetting mainly what it is that we have been given. And so today we're going to talk about that great grace, extreme unction. And we're also going to consider one of the reasons is because people have so much ingratitude for what it is that God has given to them through this sacrament. The Catechism of the Council of Trent explains that when the faithful truly understand what it is that God has given to them, they will be less disturbed, it says, by the approach of death, 
They will pour forth their gratitude in endless praises to God, who has not only opened to us the way of true life in the sacrament of baptism, but he has also instituted that of extreme unction to afford us, when departing this mortal life, an easier way to heaven. We also see that there is a lack sometimes of love for a neighbor. The lack of love of a neighbor in his greatest time of need. Sometimes we forget it because we're thinking about ourselves at that time. How sorry we are to feel this pain. But we often have to think about, we have to think about that soul itself that most is in most need. Again, the Council of Trent says, For although our adversary seeks and seizes throughout our entire life occasions to devour our souls in every manner, yet there is no time when he directs most earnestly all of his strength in his cunning to ruin us completely, and if it is possible to drive us also from faith in divine mercy, than when he sees that the end of life is upon us. The Council of Trent. St. Alphonsus in making a, comment, uh, a commentary on this line from the Apocalypse, the devil is come down into you, having great wrath, knowing that he hath but a short time, has these words to say about this line. At death, the devil exerts all his powers to secure the soul that is about to leave this world. For he knows from the symptoms of the disease that he has but little time to gain her for eternity. The Council of Trent teaches that Jesus Christ has left us the sacrament of extreme unction as a most powerful defense against the temptations of the devil at the hour of death. And the Holy Council adds that there is no time in which the enemy combats against us with so much violence in order to affect our damnation and to make us despair of divine mercy as at the end of life. A certain saint, Saint Eleazar, when suffering from a sickness, got to the point of death, but he came back. And when he recovered, after he had recovered, he spoke to those of his friends, and he said, We cannot comprehend how terrible are the assaults that the devil makes upon us at death in order to affect our perdition. So we see how important it is to keep this sacrament before us, to make sure that those we love receive the sacrament, and also that we ourselves are able to receive it. But what are the effects of the sacrament? What do we receive? Again, the Council of Trent says, the thing signified is the grace of the Holy Spirit, whose anointing wipes away sins, if there be any still to be expiated, and the remains of sin, and it relieves and strengthens the soul, of the sick person by exciting him to great confidence in divine mercy, supported by which the sick person bears more lightly the miseries and pains of his illness and resists more easily the temptations of the spirit. And sometimes it attains bodily health when it is expedient for the salvation of the soul. So let's look at these effects that the Council of Trent speaks about. First of all, the remission of those sins. Remission of those punishment due to sins. If a person has venial sins on his soul, gone. If the person has those remains, 
of the serious sin of, of sin on their soul gone. We see that part of the sacrament is to go and to receive a confession beforehand. We call it, after all, the last rites, because there are three parts to those last rites. There's confession, there's viaticum, which is receiving holy communion at the moment of death, near the moment of death. And then finally, there is extreme unction, or the anointing of the sick. Those three make up the three last rites. And so we have confession so that those serious sins may be taken away from the person's soul. But we also note that this helps to have the person receive the sacrament all the more when it comes time. And then finally they receive Holy Communion also to prepare them better to receive this great sacrament. Now we may ask, well, what about if somebody was not able to go to confession. Well, we see that this sacrament, as long as they have that desire to have that, those sins forgiven in their heart when they die, this will remit those as well. St. Anthony Marie Claret, after all, says, Those known sinners who have died or are void of their senses, one ought not to deny them this sacrament, because you ought to presume that if they were able to ask for it, they would have. And in the manner, you should have the implied intention. But he also says that if, the, if he be a public and unrepentant sinner, and that madness caught him in his impenitence, one ought not to give him the sacrament. And one can say, well, how can this be, Father? I can't see where anybody could do that. Well, there was a priest who was visiting somebody, and they were trying to win him back to the church. After years. And the person simply said, I'm fine where I am. And he didn't want to hear any more. Another priest visiting somebody. And the, the person not wanting to, uh, to get right with the church. The priest just said, can I sit down here? And he sat there and he watched him. And the man was like, what are you doing? And he says, well, I've never seen anyone go to hell before. And uh, so <laughs> afterwards... The person went and had this, his confession heard. But we see that it's so important for the person to receive this, uh, this great sacrament. So what does this, this sacrament give us? It gives us that remission of sins, as we pointed out. But it also, apart from this, it also gives the, the uh, inclination of sin. It, it diminishes it. It minimizes those inclinations that we have from that first fall, the fomes peccatis, those things that remain, it diminishes that inclination. It also strengthens the souls against the temptations by the devil at the hour of death, when it becomes, of course, very strong. And it excites the soul to great confidence in the mercy of God. Because remember, when a person is dying, they are thinking of, at that moment, they're thinking of their last judgment. And they're also thinking of the seriousness of their past sins. Well, this sacrament comes and it gives that peace to the soul that it so needs at that time. That peace where it can regard the great grace that God has given to it. That they are not conscious of any unconfessed serious sins. That they can trust in God's mercy. That He has poured out His blood for them. 
They can have this great confidence, and this sacrament assists them for this very end. And it gives the aid to the person to guard against sinning. And because it works uh, ex opera operato, by the very act itself being worked, it forgives those sins on the soul. So who is to receive this great sacrament? Who is supposed to receive it? Well, canon law in canon 998 points out that the anointing of the sick by which the church commends to the suffering and glorified Lord the faithful who are dangerously ill so that he may support and save them. So the faithful who are dangerously ill. And Canon 1004 says, The anointing of the sick can be administered to any member of the faithful who, having reached the use of reason, begins to be in danger by reason of illness or old age. This sacrament can be repeated if the sick person, having recovered, again becomes seriously ill, or if the same illness, the danger becomes more serious. So it's those who have reached the use of reason, and they become in danger by reason of illness or of old age. And then we say that it can be repeated if they recover or if in some way that same illness, the danger becomes more serious. So it's for baptized with the use of reason so that it can remit sin. Pope St. Pius X said that the practice of not administering the viaticum and extreme unction to children who have attained the use of reason, that is a most intolerable abuse. The ordinary should take severe measures against those who do not give up this practice. Pope St. Pius X. But it is not for those who do not have use of their reason. Because remember, it is a remedy for sin. And if they haven't reached the age of reason, there's no sin there to remedy. It's for those who are still alive. And if the priest comes and the person has passed away just recently, he can administer it to the person conditionally, not knowing when the soul has left the body. So if there is question there, it can be given conditionally. It's for the old and the infirmed, for those about to go into an operation also because of some serious medical condition. Again, it comes from some internal illness or from old age. But it is not for those who are in pretty sound health but have the sniffles or that have sprained ankles or things like that. It's for something more grave. It's not for those in a perilous journey or for those who are going into battle provided, of course, that they are not suffering from some sickness. And it is not for those who are condemned to death. Again, it has to come from some sort of sickness of them, their body. So we see how important it is that we get these very same people to the sacrament. When should it be done? Well, the ritual itself points out that it should be done in a manner where the person can benefit from the sacrament if possible. The ritual says, in fact, it must be received, if possible, while the sick person is still conscious and rational, so that the recipient himself, in order to receive the sacrament more fruitfully, may assist with faith and devout intention, 
while he's being anointed with the holy oil. And Pope Benedict XIV says, A parish priest commit a most grievous sin if they wait for the disease to become desperate, when life and sensation are beginning to fail before they will administer the unction. In the life of St. Malachi, St. Bernard relates the story, quote, St. Malachi, having gone to visit a devout lady who is near her end, found her somewhat better and therefore deferred till the following day the administration of the sacrament of extreme unction. But scarcely had he left the house when he heard that the lady was dead. He was greatly afflicted because he had, in consequence of deferring the sacrament, died without extreme unction. So what did he do? He began to pray with a great fervor that God would restore the deceased to life and continue to pray till she returned to life. The holy prelate instantly gave her the sacrament, and by its efficacy she perfectly recovered from her health and lived for many years. So it can also give that health to that person if God sees that it will be for the benefit of them or for others. So we see that, that there is that corporal thing as well, the corporal healing. But it is not to be deferred. We should do it when we could. Well, what should we do? How should we prepare for this sacrament? First of all, spiritually, we can prepare by asking that we receive this great sacrament. Ask, and you shall receive. Knock, and the door will be open to you. Ask that we die with a provided death, that we will receive the last sacraments. And there are other devotions that have promises attached to this. For example, that of the Sacred Heart, or that of fostering the sorrows of Our Lady. Our Lord says, for those who foster the devotion of the sorrows of Our Lady, says that He will protect all who have this devotion in their tribulations, and He will protect them especially at the hour of their death. We can foster a devotion to St. Joseph, who is the patron of the dying. Now physically, what are we to do? What are we to to do so that we can prepare for the actual sacrament when it comes to us? This we take from a little book that was printed in 1929 um, on preparing those to receive the grace. Now, if the priest is not there yet, these are the things that we can do. And even if possible, if the priest is not going to get there, these are certain things that we can do. We light a candle, and we give the dying person a crucifix to kiss, and we bid him to have confidence in Jesus, who died in order to save us, and in his blood, which cries powerfully to heaven for mercy. We sprinkle the bed of the sick person with holy water. Then we make with him the acts of faith, of hope, of love, of contrition, and resignation to God's will. And then what do we do physically? How can we prepare the area for what is proper? Well, we set up, if the priest is coming over, we set up a place set aside for the Blessed Sacrament if he's bringing viaticum. We set up two candles and have them lit beforehand so that the person is not disturbed right when the priest gets there. And we lay it upon a clean white cloth 
where he can place these things. We place a crucifix down there in a place where the person who is sick is able to see. Then they can make acts of love towards God. They can look at the very sign of God's great love for them and have greater confidence in him. And we should also then have a small bit of holy water that the priest may use to sprinkle the place when he comes and he, he administers the sacrament. Also to have a small bowl with water. And then if the priest will be giving extreme unction, as we're speaking of, we can put a few cotton bowls. Even though the priest might carry them with him, it might be handy to have that as well prepared for him. We should set up, if the person is going to have their confession heard, a chair right by the head of the person, which is facing towards the feet, so that the priest can easily hear the person's confession without disturbing them by turning away or moving around. And this way we can prepare physically for the reception of this sacrament. Now, what does the priest do when he gives the sacrament? We say that there are three, three parts of that the confession, viaticum, and extreme unction. At the moment when he gives extreme unction, he brings the crucifix and he allows the person to kiss it. And then he blesses the room in which they are, calling down upon that place God's mercy and the angel to watch over and protect those there. Then, placing his hands upon their head, he gives them a certain blessing and then he continues to anoint all the five senses, their eyes, their ears, their nose, their hands, and if possible, their feet. And through this, he says, through this holy anointing, may God and his great mercy, may God forgive you all sins committed through your eyes, through your ears, through your lips. So all five senses, so that we can call upon God's great mercy After all, those five wounds that he poured forth are applied here to us. And it is no wonder that the sacrament itself, the oils that are used for the sacrament, are consecrated in times past in the Chrism Mass when, in the canon, we ask for his mercy. Nobis quoque peccatoribus. And for us sinners... We ask a share in your mercy. God has come to give us his mercy through the great sacraments that he's employed for us. He's given us through not just baptism and not just through confession, but through this great sacrament of extreme unction. Let us be grateful for what God has given to us and let us be sure that those we love receive this sacrament in a timely manner. Have pity on me, O Lord, for to you I call all the day. For you, O Lord, are good and forgiving, abounding in kindness to all who call upon you.